0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. Welcome to you, and thank you for tuning in. I pray these are a blessing to you. Today we are in the book of Revelation. We are in Revelation chapter 11, and we are making some progress in closing this chapter out, but we are going to stay in this for another couple of episodes There are a few things yet that I'd like to really hone in on in another episode or two, and then we will move on to Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation chapter 11, today I'd like to begin by just reading the final section of that chapter, verses 15 through 19. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. I want to speak a little bit more about some of these details today as we continue looking at this chapter. First of all, we've seen in the last several episodes how this appears to be right in that middle point of the tribulation, somewhere close to the time that the two witnesses had been killed and their bodies resurrected when the breath of God came upon them, and then they ascended and were caught up into heaven in answer to the call to them to come up here. We saw in the last episode, we looked at the pivotal significance of the seventh trumpet sounding. There will be no more delay, and it has now gotten real, meaning that everything is just about to wrap up. Everything that the prophets had spoken in both the Old and the New Testament, including the Lord himself, is about to be finished. It is in process. It's already begun and cannot be stopped. It is set in motion. So at the seventh trumpet sounding, we hear about these loud voices in heaven and we're given the words that they say. Now we're not told who these loud voices are. It could be the Lord. It could be angels, cherubim. We do not know. It could be the saints there, the 24 elders, the priesthood of the believer, etc. We do not know who these voices are that are saying this, but I believe it may be either the angels or the believers of the 24 elders, the church, or perhaps even both. But they are saying this with loud voices. And notice that they give this declaration in verse 15. And the declaration is, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This is the declaration that is being spoken. Notice it is in essence declaring its time for the kingdom to change. There's a kingdom change coming to the earth. There's a rulership change. It is imminent. It is on the way and it will arrive swiftly the kingdoms of this world, what might he be speaking of? Well, Satan's kingdom of darkness, we know, is prevalent here at this time of the, the taping of this recording and will continue to be so until this kingdom change is en route and is imminent and coming to pass Satan's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. I want to look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it references that kingdom here. And it's speaking of Jesus. And it says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In other words, the Lord, in His mercy, as one of the acts and results of our believing in Jesus for salvation, He has now delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness, the power of darkness, and conveyed us, exchanged, and transferred us into the kingdom of Jesus, the Son of His love. We're no longer apart of the kingdom of darkness now jesus said it like this in john chapter 17 we are in the world but we are not of the world we are like a subset within this planet but the planet itself is under the sway of the wicked one i believe it's in john's epistles that john tells us that that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one under the power because it's under the kingdom of darkness that's ruling in the earth. If you'll remember when Satan tempted Jesus, he mentioned that. He took him up on a high mountain. Satan did, and he said, hey, look at all these kingdoms of the earth. I'll give them to you if you will bow down and worship me. Now, the whole thing was a lie. Satan is a liar and the father of lies, but the point is that, that the kingdoms of this world are under the sway of the enemy. And the Lord did not rebuke him for that statement in the sense of the kingdoms of the world that, that Satan could give them. Satan has a level of authority and dominion because of the fall of man that has been given to him in this reign in the earth. And so there are kingdoms of this world that are under the sway of the wicked one. And that includes the Antichrist's kingdom. I want to read a passage in Daniel chapter 7. We've referenced a few things here in Daniel chapter 7, but we've rarely addressed this particular part of it as of yet. But in Daniel chapter 7, We see the Ancient of Days sitting on his throne. We see the Lord coming and receiving his kingdom for he and the saints to inherit. But we also see in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel speaking about these kingdoms throughout history that will come, these kingdoms of the world, so to speak, that we're talking about here in Revelation chapter 11. And I want to begin the reading in Daniel chapter 7 in verse 23, which begins to tell us about the fourth kingdom. Notice this, verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it in pieces. Is speaking about the kingdom of Rome here, the Roman Empire and the days of the Roman Empire that were coming as Daniel saw, saw, but actually came and were in existence during the time of the first century church, the time of Christ, and the time of the apostles, the early apostles. Continuing the reading in Daniel 7, verse 24, the 10 horns are 10 kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High and shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times and half a time. But the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Now, this is speaking of the Antichrist kingdom that would rise. Daniel foresaw it. Daniel didn't understand it. And so now he's given the explanation of some of those things. And so this is talking about the Antichrist kingdom, what we know to be the Antichrist now, this coming kingdom that will rise out of the Roman Empire. Daniel was also given interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel chapter 2. And in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it matches what Dan- what Daniel is writing here about these kingdoms to come here and in other places in Daniel's book. In Daniel's interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's statue, The Roman Empire were those legs of iron, but from those legs came feet and toes. And remember, there were two legs. The Roman Empire was divided into two different divisions. There was the eastern and the western portions of the Roman Empire. So out of either the eastern or the western will come this Antichrist. It will come out of the Roman Empire And it describes here what he will do, how he will persecute the saints, but he has a time limit. He is given the ability to persecute the saints during this time period for three and a half years, a time and times and half of a time. That's Daniel's way of saying three and a half years. So we're talking now about this remaining three and a half year time period. Remember this pivotal place where we are at this point. Now, there will come 10 kings first and then out of those 10 kings will arise this Antichrist we're told here and he will be able to persecute the saints for that time period. Then it goes on and it says, but the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom, meaning the Lord's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, Messiah, is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So we see we're at this point where where Revelation 11 now is telling us that we're now connecting to the time period that Daniel foresaw when this Antichrist kingdom would arise, but when it was done, all kingdoms would come under the subjection of the Messiah's kingdom, as he will now begin to rule and reign over all the kingdoms of the earth. That's what it's talking about here in Revelation chapter 11. So we know that the kingdoms of this world Revelation 11 is now telling us, have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, the term have become means it's coming into existence. It is coming on the scene. It's being changed and converted. All the other kingdoms of the earth are now becoming subject to the Lord's kingdom at this time. And we're told that it's the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Who is this? There is another place in scripture that clearly tells us exactly who this is. We do not have to wonder. We know from what we read in Revelation who it is and in other places. But I want to read this scripture to you because this specifically identifies him it's found in acts chapter 2 and its verse 36 in acts chapter 2 verse 36 says this therefore let all the house of israel know assuredly that god has made this jesus whom you crucified both lord And Christ. This is identified specifically for us with no question that this kingdom of our Lord and Christ is Jesus' messianic kingdom. Remember, he is Shiloh, he is the one to whom it belongs. He is the legitimate son of David, proven in the Gospels, the rightful heir to the throne of his father David that God has promised to give him. It's the same Jesus that comes and stands before the Ancient of Days that Daniel chapter 7 told us about and is given the everlasting kingdom that he and the saints now will inherit. So there is no question who this is. So these kingdoms of the world are now beginning to become subject to the Lord's reign, and his kingdom is now officially appointed, constituted, and on the way. This fulfills multiple prophecies when Messiah's kingdom is established, including Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, among many others. I referenced this a moment ago. Now I would like to read it. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. I was watching in the night visions and behold one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Praise be to God. So the Lord, God's Lord and Christ, this is the coming of his kingdom, This is the time when his kingdom is being given over to him and all kingdoms otherwise will begin to become subject to him, to his rule, to his lordship, to his authority from this point forward. I'd like to encourage you just now, and I just want to briefly mention this, if you'd like more information to understand the coming kingdom of Messiah, We will discuss it in a little more detail in a few places as we continue through this book, Lord willing. But I do have an entire series of messages on just the kingdom of Messiah. And I go into great detail to expound on what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us quite a bit about the coming kingdom of Messiah. That series is entitled thy kingdom come, and it is in the archives, if you'd like to look that up. So now we are told of the establishing of the imminent kingdom of Jesus, the Messiah, that is on the way. It is already now being officially declared and coming to pass into existence. It is an everlasting kingdom, And he is going to reign as king forever and ever. He is going to possess and have legal authority and legal governing rule as king. It's not a democracy. It's not a republic. He won't be voted in. He won't be voted out. He will be king over all the earth forever and ever. He will rule as sovereign. This is one place it will fulfill Daniel's prophecy there in chapter 7. It will also fulfill Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 that we referenced in the last episode. And in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 it speaks of the coming of Messiah in both his first coming and his second coming. Talks about him having this everlasting kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. It will also fulfill Psalm chapter 2, which we referenced in the last episode as well, where the nations are outraged and they're raging and, and upset, but the Lord is establishing his king on his holy hill, and he identifies him as today, you are my son, I have begotten you, he tells him. So we know that he is going to rule as king, as sovereign, and we have multiple prophets and voices in the scriptures that have spoken that word in total agreement. We also see this coming to pass, fulfilling Genesis 49, verses 8 through 12, in the fact that the scepter and the lawgiver are not ever departing from Judah because Shiloh or Shiloh, the one to whom it belongs, is now coming and it is becoming his entirely because it belongs to him in the first place. He is the prophesied son of David and he will reign. As we begin to draw to a close, I want to read Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, I want to pick up the reading in verse 26. We normally read these around Christmas time, but this is one very important element that sometimes is not really spoken about and perhaps even overlooked. But it's very important that we understand this. In Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth no end. So here we have Gabriel confirming the same prophetic word that we've just spoken about from Daniel and Isaiah and other places to the Virgin Mary about the son that she will bring forth. This speaks of his first coming and his second and completely concurs with these earlier prophetic words that we have spoke about from the Old Testament. He is coming to reign as king. It's a done deal. It is coming. It's now officially set in motion. And there will be no end to his everlasting kingdom. And as we saw in the last episode, at the sounding of this seventh trumpet, it is pivotal. And we see part of why here. Because Now it has just gotten real, and it is a done deal. This is all set in motion. There is no change. There is no stopping it. God will have his day. He will have his way. He will have his final word, and his kingdom is on the way. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes. God bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen.